I'm Carrington Vanston. And I'm Mike McGinnis. And this is No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Isn't it, Mike? Uh, I'm fairly certain it is. I'm <laughs> pretty certain you look around, looks familiar. Yep, feels about right. Looks classic-y. <laughs> How was your week, Mike? My week was pretty good. How was yours? My week was pretty good, too. Very busy, but a good week and a good game. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this week's game. And I enjoyed us battling out for scores on Twitter. Yeah, we were, for whatever reason, this game was a lot more active in taunting each other. Although, <laughs> yep. Although uh, I ended up handing you the sword that killed me, I think. I know. It's the best mm, thing ever. Not so much, no. <laughs> We'll be doing that again. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll get to that in a bit and how you enabled me to get a better score. So fantastic. Um, meanwhile, we got a bit of feedback. One in particular I thought I'd bring up, a gal named uh, Jill. Jill Tory wrote in to say, let me open it up here, uh, loving your quarterless podcast. Uh, it almost makes me want to go to Kansas Fest to compete in the Galaga contest, but since that would involve a flight from Australia, I think I'll stay on this side of the planet and cheer for you both to defend us against the 8-bit alien invasion. And then, on the bottom here, she says, you, you talked about places to buy main cabinet controls. For your Aussie listeners, I'd recommend OzStick. Um, that's O-Z-S-T-I-C-K. Uh, a good place to find them without paying global shipping rates. And that is at um, ozstick.com.au. So we will have a link in our show notes. Mostly I'm bringing up this email, so we have something to put in our show notes. <laughs> so that's ozstick.com.au or head over to our show notes at mostrofeed.com slash no quarter. So she says, uh, she concludes by saying, for future episodes, I'd love to hear your thoughts about Joust or Pengo, my two favorites from back in the arcade days. Keep up the great show. So thank you for the email, Jill. That was very nice of you. Great. We'll add those games to the list. And, Absolutely. Um, Two games I enjoyed out, very much. Check out OzStick. I can't say that I, I blame her for not flying over for a couple of hours of arcade fun and then flying, what, 18 hours back? It's totally worth it. You think so? Uh, Kansas Fest would be worth it. My first Kansas Fest, the first time I went, I've been, I guess, three times now. My roomie was an, was an Aussie. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, Andrew Ogren was my, my roommate, so... Yeah, for for whatever reason, there's still a fairly large, relatively large number of active Apple II users in Australia, and they do tend to show up at Kansas Fest. Yep, which is a long way to go. <laughs> but we're we're drifting off topic. Here. We are into. It's very easy for us to drift into Apple II land, so we will pull ourselves back into different '80s uh, gaming. Um, so that was the main thing, and the rest was sort of interactions via Twitter and stuff. My favorite of which I think would come from our buddy Ultra Magnus TCV, who wrote, "You guys are in a." A real race this week who dares win um which was pretty funny because you and i were going back and forth about our scores uh this week when it comes to circus charlie the game that uh, you selected for us to play this week i did but before we move on i, I did want to point out uh, a tweet that we got from dave ross and the only reason i'm pointing out is because he supports my stance on kung fu master <laughs> And what did Dave say to Dave support says, you? did I mention this to you yet? I played Kung Fu Master in Maine the other night and can't believe I enjoyed it as a kid. Uh, so there, take that, all of you who went. <laughs> are you crazy for not liking this game? Well, Dave and you are in the minority. I still think it's pretty good. I mean, it kicks my butt. It's not a game that I'm I'm 
particularly good at, but I do get where it's coming from. Like we talked about that. We sort of touched on that last week where there's that, that thing sometimes where you can remember something being so differently than it is, or maybe you've just like, you're in a different place now and have different experiences. So when you come fresh to a game that you haven't played in, you know, 25 years and it just doesn't hold your interest anymore. And you think like, what, what was I? And that's happened to me a few times where I've played games um, more on the computer end with some games that I really loved and then i'll fire up now and go how did i ever spend like a whole month playing this game repeatedly what was the appeal but before we move on um i'm just not ever gonna let us move on to this game <laughs> keep us keep us back you're keeping us down you're the man <laughs> uh our friend ken wrote in to let us know that the twin galaxies international scoreboard is back online that's right he did it is in beta form right now but you can go there and type in a game title say circus charlie for example and it will give you uh the high score and does it have my name beside it it does not oh no, how disappointing no. we'll, we'll get to the reason why in, in a little bit <laughs> uh i did want to mention that the midwest gaming classic is coming up on uh, march 23rd and 24th in milwaukee it is a Basically, it's a, a huge arcade gaming expo that, that takes place every year. I won't be able to make it because it's like a 13-hour drive. But if if any of our listeners do, we'd love to hear about it. And I tweeted about something that's happening this coming weekend, which unfortunately means since we, we record earlier in the week, but we publish on Sundays, if you're listening to this, you probably missed it. So I'm going to try to... I'm, I'm going to try to post this as early as possible on Sunday. So if somebody's in the area, they can, they can, uh, maybe jut out and say, that's what I'm going to do on Sunday. So the Louisville Arcade Expo is happening. It's, so it's March 8th to 10th and it's in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you can, uh, check out the info over at Arcader. Oh, sorry. ArcadeRx.com. Again, sh- links in the show notes for everything we're talking about right now. And it looks totally fantastic. Like a ton, over a hundred games between pinball and classic arcade games, all of which will be set on free play. So it's, you know, 15 bucks or something like that a day to go and play on this. So for $15, you get to play a whole bunch of games. Plus they've got like um, classic computers there too. And, and just, just a ton of, it looks like an amazing event. So it's happening at uh, Ramada Plaza in Louisville, Kentucky this coming weekend or last weekend, if you happen to be listening to this on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) So, but definitely something to look for next year because I think it looks like a totally fantastic event. I wish I'd known about it earlier. I would have talked about it last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and while you're there, you can check out the game that we played this week, Circus Charlie. Can you? Let me look at the list. Nope. They don't have Circus Charlie. <laughs> oh, well, then don't go. <laughs> what? No, you should still go and play everything else because <laughs> they got a lot of really looking, good looking, uh, unique games there. But nope, no Circus Charlie. Yeah, I, I think you should still go. Um, yes. Circus Charlie uh, is a 1984 game by Konami. We've been talking a lot about Konami games lately for some reason. Oh, I didn't try to do like a Konami code at the beginning. I wonder if it's got something. It was released in April of 1984 and licensed to Centuri for U.S. manufacture and distribution in February. Alpha Records released a limited edition soundtrack for this soundtrack album for this game, um, <laughs> Konami Game Music Volume 2, uh, 1986. Uh, Carrington, is this LP part of your collection? <laughs> no, it your, is Your vast not. collection of records? <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. And the fact that it's Volume 2. And what's really funny is I just tried to Google it to see what's on it. When I type Konami Game Music, it autofills to Konami Game Music Collection Volume 5. Wow. So looks like there was a bunch of these. A lot of what them. The, what the heck is this? Is this is this new stuff? Is this old stuff? This is all news to me. 
Well, this volume two was released in 86. Okay. If anybody out there has these albums, I'd love to hear what's on them. Um, I've got Pac-Man Fever and I've got Arcade and the Victims, but I don't have any of these. I'm digging it. I'm digging it huge. I, I and I'd like to check out the. I mean, I love I love chip tune music anyway, and I can't play that. But I particularly love, you know, music sort of inspired by video games. Like I love that. So I'm I'm digging the the Pac-Man Fever thing and digging that that song that that you hooked me up with from from War Games. Which I didn't even know about, so you threw it in our Dropbox. Do you know about, oh, do you know about yeah, that game uh, that you sent to me? Oh, that, that song? <laughs> yes, I, 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 I sent you a copy of uh, Video Fever by the, the Beepers, I think was the name of the band that yes. recorded that and no other, t- oh, no other songs. It's a fantastic song, and people who are fans of music from the era that's video game inspired, so definitely check it out. Uh, I know that it's available for video watching on YouTube, and I'll make sure we put a link in the uh, in the show notes to that, so you can check out because it's definitely a song worth checking out. I really, really dig it. <laughs> so, well, yeah. and and this is the this is the the song that was playing as Matthew Broderick was was in the in the seven the cafe playing Galaga, which which I didn't even I've seen that movie so many times, and the the song still didn't ring a bell. Well, if for whatever reason, uh, it, it, the only lyric that I could remember uh, from the song was, uh, you're living in the shade of a video arcade, which for a long time when you Google that, you got nothing. Right. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's for whatever reason, just recently it's popped up and I was able to, to find a copy of that album and I thought you might enjoy it. I did enjoy it very, very, very much so. And I'm sure <laughs> that our listeners will too. So I strongly recommend now that you go to our, our show notes this week because you definitely want to hear this song. Circus Charlie. Oh, Circus Charlie. Circus Charlie is a, a single player platform game. Uh, you, you lead your, you lead Charlie through six different circus events while circus theme music plays in the background. You can win bonus points for various, for completing various tasks that they don't tell you about, uh, such as finishing a level as quickly as possible. Um, you can get points for uh, extra bonus points for getting through a level without losing a life. And as I recall, you mentioned to me uh, before we started this that you found some stuff. I did. I found things without even people having to tell me. It's the first time in, in our whole podcast so far that I've actually uncovered my own secrets in a game. Normally, I just put something out on Twitter saying, please help me. I'm getting my butt kicked. <laughs> and I want to beat Mike. Help me. Please help me. I, I have no shame. I'll just ask and I'll get gameplay tips from our, from our awesome listeners. But this time, I actually found, like, sort of stumbled on things myself. So, um, as you were just saying, you, you compete in six events, or in my case, you compete in five events and you always die in the fifth, so you don't know what the sixth one looks like, because I never got there. But uh, the very first level, you are you're a clown, and you're on the back of a lion, because why wouldn't you be? And you have to make your way from the left to the right through this little platform 
section. You're basically right along the ground, and there are hoops of fire for you to jump through. So you and your lion will leap up, and they come in two sizes: the the big round hoops and the smaller hoops that are higher up. The small hoops you would be able to just walk under. You could skip those if you wanted to, but you don't want to because they usually have. In fact, I think they always have a big bag of money floating in the middle of them. It's like one of those uh. You know, the old fashioned sacks with the dollar sign on the side, like Scrooge McDuck style, which would be the awesome. If I, if I went, went to banks nowadays instead of bank machines, I'd want them to give out stuff in those sacks. That'd be totally cool. So anyway, uh, out of nowhere, like one time, uh, oh, also along the ground, there would be these pots of fire that you have to jump over. So sometimes you have to wait for the hoop to line up with the pot. So you jump over the hoop and the pot at the same time. And the pots are also like, sort of like almost like mile markers that you have to get past. Well, it turns out that if you jump over a pot, and then jump backwards over that pot, there'll be one random pot on the level that gives you a, a bonus coin will jump up worth a whole bunch of points. But you don't know which, at first I always thought it was the same pot, turns out it's random. So it's worth when you jump over a pot, if you're not going for the speed bonus, to jump backwards over it quickly just to see if it's gonna give you the big bonus. Also, if you make, if you jump over a hoop, you can then sort of bring your lion backwards. And it took me a while to learn I could go backwards. That really makes the game easier. You go backwards <laughs> and then jump backwards through that hoop again. You will get a free man. It only works once on the level, but the very first hoop comes. It's always a big hoop. You always have lots of room around it. So you just jump over, jump back instantly. You have a free man like 15 seconds into the game. So it's a really good tip. Like you're just free man, totally available. So that was a good one. And also, haha, I learned another, another secret, which was on the second level, which is a level where you are tightrope walking and having to leap over monkeys because. You know, again, why wouldn't you? Those so are monkeys? The, are they monkeys or apes or gorillas? Well, or? Yeah, I, I'm reading the description here and it says monkeys. I, I thought they were circus dogs, but I guess they're monkeys. Circus dogs? Oh, because the dogs sort of get... You know, circus dogs are supposed to dress up as lions in, in, in circuses. <laughs> well, that's why I was confused. They didn't look like lions. <laughs> I thought they were monkeys. Anyway, you're jumping over these. So for the most part, they're, they're walking on the ground. And every once in a while, there's ones that piggyback over and you have to jump higher. But anyway, so you go all the way to the end of that level. And there'll be, a, there'll be like at most of these levels, there's a platform for you to... To jump onto at the end. Don't jump on the platform. Instead, there'll be a monkey right there that tempts you to always jump over on the platform. Instead, back up until you can jump over that monkey and not land on the platform and then just walk forward because there's like a little bell sort of hanging there. And I wonder what that was. If you jump and just walk over the platform, you'll hit the bell and get 5,000 points instantly. So it's nice, nice which is, yeah, a huge bonus fun in this game. So, so those are two tips that I learned all on my own. I'm so proud of me. <laughs> Uh, the, the one that I discovered, uh, I discovered the extra man one that you'd mentioned on the, on the fire rings level. Uh, there's a trampoline level where you, uh, progress forward by jumping on trampolines and jumping, uh, through fireballs that are being thrown up in the air and sword jugglers. Yeah, hey, you think um, those people could stop for 30 seconds just while I get past? Right. My fellow right. employees. Jeez. Now there's two ways that you can play this level. You can either Run as fast as you can to the end to, to get the bonus if possible, um, which will leave the dollar the, the dollar bags hanging at the top. Um, or if you get every single dollar bag and reach the goal, a hawk flies across and drops a dollar bag on you, and you get a bunch of bonus points for that. Yes, I noticed that as well. You, I think you get the same thing for 
the the first level if you get all the bags on that too like that same i know that same bird comes and showers you with with coins but i was never sure if that's an always thing or or forgetting all the because i i find i would always grab all the bags in the first level too because it's easy to get those ones i think the dollar i think as long as you grab all the dollar bags you get that bonus dollar dollar bag y'all yeah. so yes so there are a total of six levels uh we've talked about a couple of them the ride the line jump through the fiery hoops jumping over the monkeys on a tightrope bouncing on trampolines uh, and then the ones that I had t- uh, difficulty with were the rolling beach balls, um, the riding a horse to uh, and oh, avoiding horse. obstacles, and the trapeze level. I never got to the trapeze level because I had so much difficulty with the sticking horse level. I could never get past it. So I always die on the horse level. Well, the only reason that I got to the trapeze level, I, I pretty much died immediately when I got there, was because I was playing a different ROM than you for most of, uh, most of the <laughs> I week. I know, but I'm glad you told me about that other <laughs> yes, ROM. I, I made it the mistake of sending you an email and saying, which ROM are you playing, Carrington? And you went, there's a, a level select ROM? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yes, because I guess the, I was playing the normal Konami version of the ROM, I guess, which is just you go through the levels. You do level one, then two, then three, and, and if you get to the end, which I couldn't, then you just start again. Turns out with the level select ROM, you can pick which level you want to go on, including repeating levels. Like you can do the first level three times if you want. I think you can do every level up to three times. You can, and but it's not the it's not the same level over and over again. It gets more difficult with each selection. So, but at least these are levels that I already kind of sort of mastered a bit. So when I got to be able to play like level one twice, then level two twice, my score got much better than before. <laughs> yes, I saw that. It was an excellent tip that you gave me. I appreciate uh, it. I'm so so <laughs> disappointed that I did that. <laughs> oh, spe- again. oh, but speaking of tips, one other one that I I, I sort of. It's not really a, uh, uh, it's not a secret, but it made a big difference with me getting through the, the ball level, that level where you're, you're jumping from beach ball to beach ball, these rolling, stinking balls. The key is to jump early because the way you sort of jump, if you land past the, like three quarters way through a ball, you'll just scooch pat, you miss. But if you land in front of a ball, it'll normally pick you up. So you have a much bigger target if you jump early. So the big tip is just like jump. When in doubt, jump before you think you need to jump because you're much l- more likely to sort of get saved by the moving ball than than otherwise. So that made a huge difference in getting through that stinking level. Yeah, I that was that was a tip that I discovered as well. I had been jumping on the ball and then trying to like as the the next ball is coming towards me, I'm backing it up, right. backing up the ball that I'm on, trying to space it properly. And and by the time I was at the end, I had no bonus left, and, and it didn't really. Same seem thing like... happened to me too. I, that's that's the level I would frequently be running out of time on, almost like I have to rush at the end. Whereas I learned, no, no, just jump, jump early, jump early, and, and you'll get through it a lot faster. Horse hurdles, however, I have no tips for because I can't finish that stinking level. That is a very <laughs> hard level. Yeah, that's that's tough, and and it's just uh, it's all about this game is all about timing the jumps properly mm-hmm. on, on every single level. And it just gets harder, of course, as you, as you go. And I was able to finish the horse level a couple of times, although for whatever reason, I wasn't able to beat your high score. <laughs> um, so why don't we go ahead and get to that? Carrington, how'd you do? I, as Twitter will know, as uh, Ultra Magnus TCV will know, because he was following the race, <laughs> I ended up with, thanks to your tip, 71,280 points. 
Well, I came close, but no cigar. I ended up with 68,350 points. It was close, though. The whole week was a very close race between us throwing screenshots back and forth at each other. Indeed. And it was honestly, it's only because you sent me that uh, that tip about using the other arm, because I, I couldn't even hit 60,000 points. I bare, One time I broke 50,000 um, and barely did that at all. Like on the, on the normal ROM, I could not get past it, so... I'm extremely disappointed. <laughs> and also by being able to repeat levels, I got to finish 10 levels, but not like, you know, the first six and then again. Instead, you know, a couple of level one, a couple of level two. And when you complete 10 levels, you get to play the secret dolphin trampoline level, which came up and surprised me. I wasn't even sure why I was doing it. Um, yeah, that was which, a weird one. I found that too. And mm-hmm. so, so it's the trampoline and, and level, but instead of the sword throwers and fireball throwers that you would expect, suddenly you're in water and there's dolphins jumping up and down and killer dolphins <laughs> yes they are they are killers and you have to avoid them and i, I didn't make it very far in that i way. did not get through that level either because there's ones that go up and one that go down and at first it seemed like hey just go straight forward and just never pause and you'll be no you won't <laughs> <laughs> so alas i died and I, so i never got to see the end of that level but there's lots of variety in this game and good music and and i like the graphics crazy fun gameplay. I mean, even though it's a platformer, I'm not always huge on platformers. This is a really good one. This is a this is a really terrific game, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. And some games, you know, I, I play them and they I don't feel the need to dump more quarters in because either I didn't like the experience or I don't feel that, that putting more quarters in is going to help me get any better. This mm-hmm. was one of those games where I felt that if I just worked on the timing more, I could continue to do better and improve my score. And in fact, I did through the throughout the week because I didn't get my high score until this morning. Me too. I got my high score because you only gave me that tip today. So that <laughs> improved well, my score. I, I think if I continued to play, I would probably get even better. Absolutely. I think so too. Like given, given another month of playing this game, I'm sure... Because there's still a... Well, well, I've now played all but the, the one level. There's multiple versions of each level, like you're saying, like there's three different versions and then things repeat and stuff. And so there's still a lot of game left for me to play in this. And I think I could do and like li- these little secrets, which really are rewarding. Like when you suddenly learn like, hey, if I jump back through that, I get this. And so lots of those scattered about. So it really appeals to me, like the idea of keep like to keep playing this game. Like this game, this game offers a lot for somebody who wants to spend some time with it. Right. And and it struck me as odd that I had never I don't have any memories of this game in the arcade. The first time I was exposed to it was in. 2010 or 11, um, I went to, to Fun Spot, and that was the first time that I'd seen this game in an arcade. Well, I had played this in the arcade in the 80s, because I remembered playing it as a kid. Like, when you said it, and then I looked at the screenshots, I'm like, oh, I remember this game. But the only thing I knew about this game was it's you and the lions, and you jump through the hoop. So, as a kid, I guess I never got past level one. <laughs> so, <laughs> clearly, I, now, I don't know if I played it much either. I probably was, like, really bad at it to start with, and then thought, well, you don't get any more of my quarters then. So, I was never really good at the timing games when I was when I was uh, engulfed in puberty. So, <laughs> in my little twitchy hands, I just couldn't couldn't focus. So uh, I did really poorly, but playing it now, um, when I'm too old <laughs> to care about other things, I can just sit down and, you know, take a break at work and play it on the new ROM. And it's it's great. I really like this game. Me too. Um, I, I think one of the reasons that, that I didn't hear about it that much is it just wasn't ported to a whole lot of platforms. It oh, was, no? What what kind of stuff was it on? Well, it was on the, the Nintendo uh, NES or Famicom. Uh, it was on the PlayStation and several versions of it appeared, or a version appeared on the Nintendo DS. 
Um, and then it was on the Commodore 64 and the Boo. MSX, and that was it. <laughs> well, I know there's definitely no Apple II version because I'm sure I would have I would have played it or heard about it. And but there were similar sorts of things. Yeah, I was thinking about that today, and the closest game that I can think of on the Apple II that I played with, uh, on a regular basis was a title from Sierra Online called Sammy Lightfoot. Oh, I don't know that one. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, another circus arcade type game where you have to make your way through the level um, and avoid various obstacles while bouncing off trampolines and swinging from trapeze and things like that. That doesn't sound like a Sierra game. I think of Sierra as the uh, you know point and click adventure type company. Yeah, I think this goes back to the days when they were online systems. Oh, right. Yes, when it's online, especially when it's focused on the big online words and stuff. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, cool. That's, you know what? I'm, I've just Googled, I've just uh, uh, bookmarked it so I can I can check that game out. It's it's not nearly as good as Circus Charlie. Oh, because Circus Charlie is really good. And I like the music. It's like circus-y, so, so it's fitting. And, and you're kind of limited a bit in this era of how... Because what kind of music can come out of a game? So all games kind of sound kind of circusy with their music, like even Mappy and that kind of stuff. And this has some sort of similarities to to the stuff you do in Mappy and a bit to like. The, I found the jumping over the monkey typewriter thing felt very similar to some stages of Moon Patrol, where it was the same thing, like time jump, 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 pause, jump, that kind of stuff. Um, but at least this time, the circusy kind of chip to music is really fitting because it's a circus background, and I like the little elephants in the doorways on the on the first level in the yes. background. You see these little doorways, <laughs> and there's elephants peeking out, and it just made me happy. I like the little elephants. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of thought and effort went into this game, or at least it felt like it did. Mm -hmm. um, there, it's, we've played some games that aren't as polished, and this seems to be one that is polished. Yeah, and in the background, like behind you, always in the background, there's the the audience sort of in the distance watching you, and just you sort of see the little dots with the heads of the crowds. But then there's sort of the top of the tent, and then above that, in the distance, you see a tent and a Ferris wheel. And what I like is the the bonus is not just floating in the air, it's placed up on on a blimp or on a Zeppelin. So I like that it's there, and there's a reason why there would be a number way up in this guy. Just little details like that I thought were fantastic. Circus Charlie features an M6809 CPU at 2.048 megahertz. The sound chip is a Z80 at 3.579 megahertz, and two discrete sound chips, the SN76496, both at 1.789 megahertz, and a DAC, and three RC chips at 1.789 megahertz. So quite a bit of wow. effort in the, in the sound design. More than I would have thought, actually. I mean, even though... I quite like the sound. That's a, that's a lot of horsepower to throw at it. Indeed, yep. Uh, the standard 224 by 256 pixels and a 32-color palette, two-way joystick, and one button. Right, and I read a bit. Um, uh, I found a few places where you can download the manual, but most of them weren't working, so I was only able to find like a partial PDF of this manual. And so I read that bit because I like to read the manuals of things. And it turns out, I guess this was for the most part really pushed as a conversion kit. So most of the arcade, uh, the, the stand up arcade games would have been conversions from, from other things. There was like a very, very traditionally had uh, track and field systems were converted over to this. And I read that there was more than one 
control panels as well. So like there's not just one official control panel art. They usually have the joystick in the middle and then there's two jump buttons, like one left, one right, but they do the same thing. But the, the art on it and the position of the player one and player two buttons, the start buttons is different. So it was interesting that there's at least three different control panel versions and there was a cocktail version, a cocktail cabinet as well, but I have never seen it and couldn't even find any art about it. So apparently not very popular, that cocktail version. No. But this is a good game, though. It should have been popular. This oh, game, I think so. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it would be a big moneymaker, at least if you and I were in an arcade these days. Oh, yeah. This is a game because I you really get your quarter's worth. Like, you get a good, decent run on this game when, when you put your 25 cents in. Like, I, I do feel it's a good value for money. Uh, the high score tops out at 999,990 points. Don't I know it. Yep. <laughs> you got there every day, every time you played. <laughs> Currently, there are one, two, three, four, five record holders that all hold that score so does it go by like who gets there fastest like who then is the official official record holder well if you go to uh well go to the brand new twin galaxies.com oh right yes type in circus charlie they have uh both the standard rom version and the the selectable level rom set version right and you have to click through a few things here to get <laughs> to the score right um, oh, and, and one thing that I like about the new Twin Galaxies is that uh, I, I don't remember much about the old scoreboard. I remember it was kind of ugly. and uh, But this new one, it's neat. It has the official settings for the game. Oh, good. You know, I'm always interested because in those can make a major difference in the game. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. So it lists the dips, dip switch settings and anything else uh, that you would need to play to get a, a verified score. Now, the... Um, the records listed for Circus Charlie, for example, don't list a time. They, they're they just listed by... Um, like by date? Well, I was going to say by date, but it goes 1984, 85, 85, and then back to 84, and then 2000. So huh. I'm not sure... So maybe it is going by then speed. Perhaps, but it's not listed on the... On the site there, but there oh. are there are currently five people who hold the. Oh yeah, I've just gone over, and you're right; they're all over the place. And the high high score isn't even the guy who got it first. There was a fellow from from like a week earlier, right? Oh no, a month about earlier. a month earlier. Yeah, got it. So hmm. there's yeah, there's there's no doesn't seem to be any logic there, at least that I can see. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. But so I scroll right down to the bottom. Oh, we got better scores than a lot of these people. And at Fun Spot, look at that. I could I currently my score would put me as the number 27. If I go to FunSpot and get that score again, and you would be number 28. I'd be number 28? Yeah. Oh, we got to go to FunSpot and get get our names on here. Oh, we're there. We're there, dude. Oh, that's... And <laughs> the thing is, I, I wonder if, and hopefully this is the case, FunSpot keeps their machines with the dip switch switches set so that they are valid for official records. So if you go there and happen to have an amazing game and you call over the staff, they won't say, oh, well, let me just reach around back and set dip switch number two to off, and then you can try again. Because <laughs> that would suck. Um, but that's exciting. This is the first game where I think I've done well enough that I might actually get on on the scoreboard. I'm going to go back now and compare all our older scores to this <laughs> and put our rankings well, on. I, I, wonder, I wonder if, um, you know, I like you said, I... Like we said, I haven't I, I haven't seen this game much, and I, I wonder if 
the scores are what they are because it just haven't this game just hasn't been played that much. Right, like you were saying you found it at at uh That was I found at, it at Fun Spot. I, right. I remember loving it and dumping a bunch of quarters into it. I don't I don't know what my score was there. I think that I should contact them and and submit my score for Fix It Felix Jr. and tell them that the only place you can officially get a score is in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and then they should list location, Carrington's house. Oh, speaking of Fix It Felix, yes. you posted a video. Oh, I did post. Yes, a few. I had posted a video a while ago on YouTube just showing the outside of the cabinet because a couple mm-hmm. of people asked. And well, everyone who's encountered one of these has done that same video. Um, and so I think, in fact, I got a few people writing me saying, like, why do another one of these stinking videos? And it's because there's few enough of these. I want to document the specific cabinet I had because they all have um, the same side art, but sort of messed up by Disney in different ways. So I, by video, I can say, I've got the one that has these scratches and put in. So it's, so that's the way to keep track of it. Cause not, doesn't seem to be like a serial number on these. So that went. And then the second video though was to show something that's a little, you know, less easy to see. I took a tour of the inside of my, my cabinet. So I opened up the coin door and stuck the camera in there and said, here's how, here's how these things are put together. Cause they're not run on a normal PCB. It's, it's actually just an, a Hewlett Packard computer inside there. That's, that's Disney had set up to run these things. So neat. So I took a tour of the inside and now, uh, what I didn't think though was to open up the back and show that. And so I've had a few people request, well, okay, now show me how the back is set up. So I will now push it away from the wall and, and film a third video and go in from the, <laughs> from the inside. And that hopefully will have documented the whole stinking thing. This so. game will be thoroughly documented by Carrington. Yes. And then eventually I've got to get it into somebody's hands in a way that they can free the, the ROM. I have done my best to try to image this drive and copy this ROM and I can't. Disney locked these things down hard and I have been unable to hack my way into this. So wow. I had some friends come over and try as well on the weekend and they couldn't get in it like none of it we took a bunch of images of the drive and those images just appear as garbage elsewhere so i don't know if they're linked to some i gotta open up the computer and see if there's like an encryption board in there or something there's something weird going on with this thing so yeah it's harder than it looks like it should be weird i wonder why they would have done that i think maybe i guess so that it, and the thing is it's weird that they would lock it down that much because would they really care and have thought ahead like wh- how why would it be so damaging if people were able to duplicate this i mean i guess they do sell an official version of the game so maybe that's i don't know seems weird but they they really put a lot of efforts into securing this thing well and i would think that this would really limit the life of these games i mean hard drives fail and, i know and, and that's the can't. thing i'm particularly concerned about like i i just worry like what is the lifespan i mean all arcade games do fail you have to work out like i've got that gravitar machine now that i totally love but i do also understand that it's got an xy monitor and those are kind of fragile and i just had a whole cap kit done on it and i've like just really had this thing completely basically rebuilt between me and another guy to to make it as new as i could but even so what are the odds that it lasts another 20 years without having major things need to be done with it and i think the lifespan of the fix it felix jr cabs if they're just running on a basically a PC, every time you yank the power off one of those, you have a chance of killing the hard drive. So I'm concerned about that. So one thing I am going to do is uh, I can encode keystrokes into like uh, when, like a little USB remote. And so I am going to wire it up with a button that does safely shut it down, that will execute fake keystrokes that will basically force quit everything and then power down the hard drive and park the heads in a smart way. Because Disney has a wired up that you just throw the button at the end and basically yank out the power. 
And every time I do that, I'm afraid I'm going to kill the computer. So I'm going to, I'm going to add a removable, but, and I won't drill anything, but I'm just going to add something dangling at the back or maybe a foot switch or something that powers it down safely. Cause I'm just, I'm really afraid every time I power it off. So I will make that change to hopefully make this thing last, last a while. But, uh, but I am, I am actually really motivated in, in a weird sort of phil- philosophical way to free up the data. I'm a, I'm a long-term data should be free kind of guy. I'm anti-copyright. I'm a big lefty from Canada, right? So that's how I roll. And it is the case that if I if I absolutely cannot get this thing released, I will likely sell the cabinet and try to get it in the hands of somebody who can't, like, you know, send it down to John's Arcade or somebody who is better at this than me. Because I do would I would like these things to last and be preserved in a way I'm I'm beginning to worry that I'm not going to be able to. So, but I got lots of time to think about that. One bit of arcade game news that I forgot to mention earlier that's related not to Circus Charlie, but to Qbert. Uh, the world record has been broken. Oh, that's right. Peabottles ahoy. <laughs> On February 19th, George Lutz of New York played for 84 hours and 48 minutes. Crazy. Like, What is up with the ability to do that? Starting on a Thursday and going through Monday, uh, he beat the previous record of 68 hours and 30 minutes. He said that the trick was to pace himself with nine hours of gaming followed by 45 minutes of deep sleep. I, I don't know. How do you drop into deep sleep in 45 minutes? Well, how do you... How do you how keep does, the game going where it doesn't kill well, you? Well, that's that's what I was wondering. It, and the, and the, the, the article that I'm looking at doesn't go into that. Because most games, like if, like, say you die or something or you have a a way where it's waiting for you to press the start will time out or force you because the arcades don't want you to just walk away from a thing. So how did he pause it? He racked up an incredible 37,163,080 points. That is a crazy. And I mean, that's just, that's bonkers. But the idea that you can go 63 hours and change that's insane to me. And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm sort of famous among my friends as being the guy who doesn't sleep. I easily do all nighters. Like, that's no problem. Basically, every second night, I will stay up all night. It's how I get stuff done. No problem at all. And I can do two nights in a row. I can, like, you know, stay up one night completely, work the whole next day, and then stay up the next night. But then that third day, I'm kind of a zombie and my hands get numb. Like, I realize I'm pushing myself farther than I should. Like, I definitely shouldn't be driving anymore. So, I don't understand how people can, like, do 63 hours straight of one game and stuff. I would be a complete... Like, there's no way I could do that. Yeah, me either. That's Ugh. that's bizarre. And, and he's 38 years old. Um, You know, it would make, I guess, more sense to me if he were in his early 20s or his teens. Right. Um, you know, but as you get older, of course, it's harder and harder to stay up uh, that amount of time. I, just, I find it's the other way. I find I'm staying up longer and longer and longer the older I get. I will eventually just be awake forever. And then the high scores will crumble to me. <laughs> but I couldn't do this. Like, I, 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 well, I can stay up. All I'm good for after 40 hours is I'm watching television now. <laughs> like, my, I am no longer able to do stuff. One night up is fine. Second, second night, uh, I just don't do it. I, there's no way I could concentrate and stay alive, especially in a game like Qbert. I can barely play Qbert for five minutes. <laughs> like, there's no way I, I, oh, but I guess it's, Maybe it's one of those things where on certain games, people just, you know, you memorize patterns and you're just sort of able to do it. People can like play Pac-Man and just, you'll just do it sort of almost indefinitely. I'm just not at that level at all. Well, however he did it, he celebrated by sleeping for 12 hours straight. (laughs) That's it? That's only 12 hours? That's what they said. (laughs) I think he could have done more. So clearly he's able to stay up even even longer than me. But I mean, it, it is a... 
I joke about it, but that is actually really an achievement. The idea that somebody could get that kind of high score on a game, um, and to break like a game as famous as Qbert and how many people would have played it to break a high score that stood for 30 years. A lot of people would have taken a shot at that score. So it's a real achievement that he, that he did it. Like that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Well, taking into account the, the sleeping and, and bathroom breaks and things like that, a lot of these games, uh, it becomes about more than just being able to play the game. Well, you have to be able to have the endurance to stand there for 60 hours and, right. uh, and continue to play and, and figure out how to, to eat and, and go to the bathroom and things like that. So. I know there's a game on iTunes, or sorry, a game, a movie on iTunes that I've been considering renting that is about that called high score or something along those lines about the attempt to get a high score in some sort of game. I can't remember. Anything else about it at the moment, but now I am motivated. So I will watch it before our next show and I will tell you all about it. Can't wait. Yes. It's probably called Pea Bottle, the movie. <laughs> Gross. I'm just, I'm just so convinced they're, they must be doing something. How do you get through 63 hours? <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. Well, um, unless you have anything to add about Circus Charlie. No, I have brought up Pea Bottle all I can. There's nothing <laughs> else to bring up. I all should right. be shut I'm off. I'm just going to edit that right out. I got to scooch away from the microphone clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's nothing else to say about Circus Charlie other than I, I, I was sort of aware of it, but only peripherally. And it's a game that I now totally love. It's a fun pick up and play game. And if people are sort of turned off by the idea, like a cartoony circus platformer, like, it's way more fun than you would think. Like if you haven't played it, I strongly recommend you give it a shot because it is a fantastically fun game. Well, there you have it, folks. Straight from the expert's mouth. Because <laughs> my score was higher than your score. Uh, and it's my fault. <laughs> it's That's the best reason. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Um, so here's what we're going to play next week. So that brings us to the end of another podcast. Oh, that's always sad. But there will be more. So this was very fun. Thank you for recommending this game. I really appreciate it, actually, because this was a this was a really fun way to spend the week playing this game and, and battling it out with you. And I look forward to battling with you on this next mystery game as well. As do I. Victory shall be mine. Ha! Ha! You say. Oh, I say. I say ha! <laughs> okay, I will talk to you next week. All right, have a good one. Bye. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain. Monster Feet.